time for another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast, Bears Banter, powered by the Bears blog. This is Bill Zimmerman with you, and we've got a fantastic podcast today. Yes, we do. We have a fantastic guest, arguably the best guest you could have on a Chicago Bears podcast because none other than number 10, Mitch Trubisky, will be on the podcast. And, you know, I'm going to say something here that I don't think a lot of outlets in the Chicago area can say, and maybe only outlet in the Chicago area that can say this is Bears banter because this is the third time Mitch Trubisky is coming on this podcast. That's right. The third time Mitch has been on the podcast. And I don't know, honestly, how many radio slash podcast shows can say that Mitch Trubisky has done a live hit with them. Not not any post game, not, not asking questions at a press conference, actual one-on-one interviews. I don't know how many can say that, but... This podcast can, so lock it in right here. Trubisky's set to join us here in a few minutes. But before we jump into that interview, I just wanted to say one thing here about John Fox, and I'm actually going to throw in Damian Woody as well, and some analysis, and I'm going to put quotes around that, that they had on ESPN on NFL Live. Now, John Fox has been pretty critical of the Chicago Bears since he left. And you can imagine that there's definitely some bitter feelings there from Fox. Got fired with a year left on his contract. Probably didn't think it was fair. It was very fair that he was let go when he was. You know, have the team that was in the middle of a giant rebuild that the GM was putting together. The roster was getting turned over. I'm guessing Fox thought he got the short end of the stick. So when it comes to being critical of Mitch Trubisky, of the defense even of of the offense, of where the team's headed, chance for regression, all these things. We've seen John Fox stand up in front of the cameras on ESPN and be pretty critical. Now, John Fox made all sorts of headlines, at least via Chicago Bears Twitter, about the fact that he said the Bears had the worst offseason of any team in the NFL. Now, in fact, Damian Woody, who I like as an analyst, the former Jet offensive lineman, he actually said it first, claiming that the reason, and, and, and Fox didn't disagree, the reason the Chicago Bears had the worst offseason in the NFL, not in the NFC North, not in the NFC, in the NFL, was because Vic Fangio left to become head coach of the Denver Broncos. Now, I'm not saying that Vic Fangio isn't an excellent defensive coordinator. He is. He clearly is. What he was able to do with that unit last year and elevate them to some phenomenal levels, creating some phenomenal statistics, things that we have not seen a Chicago Bears defense do definitely since Lovey, and in a lot of cases going all the way back to the mid-'80s. Fangio was outstanding. But the one thing that I I have to say here is that I think the media, in a lot of ways, is overrating Vic Fangio. And I I don't mean that in in a negative way. Like, Let me throw out In-N-Out Burger. I know this is a Chicago podcast, and In-N-Out Burger is not in Chicago, but I'm guessing most of you have been to the West Coast and have had In-N-Out Burger. In-N-Out Burger is a fantastic fast food joint. Quality fast food at In-N-Out Burger. But In-N-Out Burger is made to be like this 
next level food like this magical mystical food that no one has ever had before it's 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 untouchable among fast foods and that's not the case so in and out burger is good fast food but in and out burger is overrated and that's where we get with Vic Fangio Vic Fangio is an excellent defensive coordinator but Vic Fangio is overrated let me let me go over some numbers I tweeted these out but let me go over some numbers about Vic Fangio and his career as a defensive coordinator. Now remember, last year, the Bears had the best defense in the NFL. Now what I'm gonna use is what they call DVOA, the defensive value statistic. It's a percentage. A lot of people, a lot of the advanced analytical people love DVOA in terms of really deciding and and trying to figure out what defenses are performing better than any other team in the NFL. So if we're going to use DVOA to decide how that the Bears were the best team in the NFL last year defensively, then let's use DVOA to look at the career of Vic Fangio, shall we? So Fangio came into the NFL as a defense coordinator. He was doing some, you know, defensive assistant jobs, but his first year as defensive coordinator was with the Panthers in 1995, a job he held for four years under Dom Capers. When he came into the league, that Panthers defense was loaded with talent, led by Sam Mills. They had, they had some great pass rushers. That, that, that Panthers defense was an outstanding defense, and they were fifth in DVOA out of the gate, jumping to first in 1996. Now, when some of those players aged, some of those players weren't performing at the same level, maybe they left via free agency, that number dropped to 24th in 97 and 22nd in 98. At that point, Fangio gets fired along with Capers. Fangio ends up with the Colts as their defensive coordinator in 99. Holds this job for three years, 24th, 23rd, and 30th. At that point, he heads to the Texans. Dom Capers gets another job, brings Vic Fangio with him. Four years, Fangio runs the defense with the Texans. The rankings, 20th, 29th, 18th, and 31st. Now that is nine years, nine consecutive years where Vic Fangio's defense was in the bottom half of the NFL and in fact was ranked in the 20s or worse every year but one. That is not good. Now, Fangio loses his job and at that point, Fangio can't get another defensive coordinator position. This is nine years of running a bad defense. He cannot get another job. Brian Billick hires him as a defensive assistant with the Ravens. He does that for a few years. Jim Harbaugh, head coach Stanford, brings Fangio in as a defensive coordinator, resurrects Fangio's career. He has a great year with Stanford, moves on to become the defensive coordinator of the 49ers. And what does he do with the 49ers starting in 2011? Third, fourth, 11th, and fifth. Excellent defenses with the 49ers. At that point, Vic Fangio gets passed over for the head coaching job, joins John Fox in Chicago, and his four years in Chicago, his defense went from 29th to 25th to 14th to 1st. So, I am not, again, knocking Vic Fangio, the defensive coordinator. As you can tell with the 49ers, four great defenses, the last couple years with the Bears, very good defenses. Last year, of course, was amazing, but you can see there's inconsistencies in how Fangio's defense is performed. And why is that? Because there was inconsistencies in how much talent 
he had defensively. And that's it. Bottom line, you need talent to be a successful you need talent in any level to be a successful coach, whether it's offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, head coach. You need talent on the field. When Fangio has talent, he utilizes it well and does a great job. But when talent isn't there, Fangio struggles. So let's not make it out like Fangio is some guru and takes any defensive group and turns them into superstars. That's just not the case. He needs talent. Now, Fangio goes to Denver, Chuck Pagano comes in. What can we say about Chuck Pagano except that, again, tough to grade him on those defenses with the Colts when he was the head coach. One, he had a defensive coordinator that was calling plays. Two, the talent level on the defensive side of the ball, thanks to Kevin Grigson, was not good. It was not good. The Colts never had much of a defense. Now, when Fan- when, I'm sorry, when Pagano got that job with the Colts, He was the defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens prior to that. He was only the defensive coordinator for one year. He was a very well-thought-of defensive backs coach prior to that. He becomes the defensive coordinator, and what happens the one year the Ravens are under his control? They are an outstanding defense. They were sixth in the NFL and DVOA. They were ranked first against the pass, seventh against the run. He put together a great defense. Not only was that defense very good, Terrell Suggs had his best year and won defensive player of the year. So that's what the Bears have in in Chuck Pagano. So let's not consider that the Bears offseason is the worst offseason we've seen. Let's not assume that the Bears defense is going to regress simply because the coach is gone, because the core of that team is back. Now, I will say this about the Bears offseason. The Bears offseason was an eh offseason. There wasn't anything to it, okay? Now, the rookies, again, it's minicamp and it's OTAs. You can only look so much into it. The rookies look like they're going to perform well. Looks like Ryan Pace has found a couple great rookies again, and that's that's fantastic. But in terms of free agency, Corderell Patterson, we know what he is. Nagy's going to be able to utilize him. He's going to be able to make a few big plays, but he's not a giant impact player. They lost Adrian Amos. They bring in HaHa Clinton Dix. It may be unpopular to some. I think that's pretty equal, especially when you look at the contracts and how much more Amos is making than Clinton Dix. And the fact that Amos's skill set versus Clinton Dix's skill set, Dix has a better skill set for today's NFL. Amos is kind of more of a throwback. So when you put all that in there, I'm going to call that a wash. I don't like the screen in for, for Bryce Callahan. I said that from the get-go. I thought the Bears should assign Bryce. I get the health concerns with him. We had the same concerns with Cam Meredith. I didn't like the Cam Meredith decision. Clearly, that was the right decision. He's barely been on the field for the Saints. But... In terms of Bryce Callahan, I don't think the injuries are quite that severe, and I thought he was worth getting a, another contract and bringing him back here. Now, Duke Shelley looks good. I don't even know if Buster Screen's going to be the starting nickelback week one. But put that aside, what Ryan Pace did this offseason was make sure the Bears didn't get any worse in terms of where they are with their overall roster. He wanted to make sure the Bears maintain the roster and let the young guys develop, let Trubisky get better, let Roquan Smith get better. So if you maintain the roster and the young players develop, then the roster gets even better. And I thought that was Ryan Pace's plan. Now, kicker aside, who knows what's going to happen? I still don't think it's going to be Fry. I certainly don't think it's going to be Pinero at this point. 
which means the Bears are going to try and fix their kicking position on August 20th, September 1st. Who knows? That's going to be a pain in the neck, all training camp and all preseason, but we'll, we'll see what happens there. But the bottom line here is the idea that the Bears offseason was the worst in the NFL is laughable. It may not have been the best in the NFL, but it certainly wasn't more than, than average or below average. There's teams that did nothing the entire offseason. The Giants blew up their whole team and took a quarterback they could have taken with a 30th pick at six. So let's not call the Bears the worst offseason in the NFL. But I digress because I want to get to my guest. He is a three-time Bears banter guest. He is the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. He is my quarterback, and he is Mitch Trubisky. He's doing some great things with the Hyundai Youth Football Camps. We're going to dive into that with him. Mitch, Bill Zimmerman, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. And let's just dive right in here with uh, with the youth camp you're doing here and, and working with kids of different ages. Tell tell me exactly what's going on, what what you're working on this weekend, and uh, and how other people can you know get involved or get their kids involved. Oh, yeah, it's been awesome. I'm back here in Chicago, and we're very privileged and lucky that Hyundai is putting on a camp for these kids. Um, These youth kids come out here, and we're just out here having fun, running drills, teaching them the fundamentals of the game, and uh, having fun. So it's been awesome to spend time with the kids and give back the game of football that's given so much to me, and uh, just teaching them about the game and having fun. So I think these kids are really enjoying it, and Hyundai's done an awesome job uh, getting great coaches out here putting on this camp. That's that, that's great to hear. And, you know, you hear a lot of different things about about parents and, and youth football and, you know, some of them don't want to get into it, but they've done so much to get to get uh, the sport, you know, much more safer and everything like that. And I know you were a, a youth football participant. I love football for youth because it, it teaches you about teamwork and discipline and everything. And and I think it's great for kids to get involved. So I think it's great that you're, you're uh, you know, you're getting some great youth participation with the sport. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, this game can teach you so much, and we're just out here having fun and teaching the fundamentals of the game. So it can be as simple as just getting the kids outside and and getting them active and playing games, and we're teaching them the the fundamentals, the safety part of the game, and it's always safety first out here. So following directions, doing the drills, doing footwork, just playing catch um, and throwing, and um, just hopefully they fall in love with the game that I've fallen in love with myself, but Hyundai's done a great job getting the right coaches in here, teaching them the, the safety tips and how to do the drills. And uh, the kids are doing a great, great job, and they're having so much fun. And uh, we're lucky that the parents bring them out here and uh, are a part of this. And I think they're really enjoying it. And we're out here just getting active and, and staying healthy. Excellent. Now, now, you know, since we're talking about yeah. youth, youth football and everything, when when did you start playing football as a kid? Like, n- not just in the backyard, but actual, you know, organized football. Yeah, I started playing tackle football when I was seven years old. So my parents put me in really early, and uh, I just uh, I fell in love with it from a young age. And uh, there there were some ups and downs, and I was uh, the, one of the smaller kids at first. And uh, you you can get hit, but I think if you just know the fundamentals of the game and and play safety, like know how to know how to tackle, know how to run the ball, keep your head up, and 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 learn all the proper techniques that it's an amazing game that can teach you so much like discipline following directions working with others and and being a part of a team and something bigger than yourself so there's so much i learned from football at such a young young age uh, and you you were a running back though right when you were first playing you didn't play quarterback right away am i right right i played i played running back up until sixth grade so probably from like seven to about 11 or seven seven to ten did you did you go two ways did you play something on defense too 
I played a little bit on defense, but and where I grew up, we only played one side of the ball because we had, we actually had a lot of kids on our team. Oh, okay. So so it was uh, it was about junior high when you started playing quarterback. Uh, sixth grade, yes, my last year in youth football, and then I played uh, quarterback from from then on. Okay, so let, let me ask you this, and actually I had Tariq Cohen on last year, I, I kind of asked him the same thing, because I'm always curious, you know, everyone has dreams of playing in the NFL and everything, and you know, you sit there and pretend to be, you know, you know Brett Favre in the backyard or, or whatever it might be, but when was it for you, because uh, you know, you had a little bit of a different road, I mean, you went big big school in North Carolina, but you know, you, you sat on the bench for a little bit, when did Mitch Trubisky actually sit there and go, you know what, I think I can play in the NFL? Yeah, I think uh, I was actually back in Mentor last week, and one of my teachers told me that I was saying it in fourth and fifth grade that I thought I was going to play in the NFL. And then uh, from then on, I kind of just believed it, and that's how I worked. But growing up, like, all I wanted to do was play for my high school, and that was the Mentor Cardinals. And then after that, it was on in North Carolina. And then after North Carolina, I was like, wow, I'm getting real close. Uh, hopefully I can reach my dream of getting to the NFL. So it was one step at a time, but I think fourth or fifth grade, I was uh, – I was really saying that uh, I, I thought I could do it, and I just really believed it. And no matter what anybody else said, uh, I was going to go out there and, 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 and try to make my dream come true. And that's exactly what I told these kids today. If you have a dream, no matter if it's playing football or getting a certain job or or, or reaching um, something in, in business or whatever it is, don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. You work as hard as you possibly can. You dream big, and, and you go out there, and, and you accomplish your goals. And, and there's no, no goal or no dream too big. And, uh, if you put your mind to it, you can you can get it. All right, let, let me ask you one more on on on, on kind of the youth football and, and growing up around football. I th- I think everyone has those games they remember as a kid, well, whatever it might be, a six touchdown game. Maybe you ran for two hundred and fifty yards. I don't care what level it is, you know, fifth grade or your junior year of high school. What what's one of those games that even though you're an NFL quarterback, a twelve and four football team, that you still look back on that you remember from your youth and you just smile and go that that was an awesome day. Yeah, it was youth football is awesome. I would score four, five, six touchdowns all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, so here I am just saying, oh, what was the time you scored four or five touchdowns? You say I scored four or five touchdowns all the time. So yeah. yeah, one of them, my one of my favorites was we were playing our rivals, and uh, I think I was in sixth grade, and I, I was quarterback, but I did a rollout. And I was trying to get out of the edge, and then I reversed field, and we were on the two-yard line. So I reversed field, and it was a 98-yard touchdown. It had to be the longest run I've ever done in my entire life. So started on the two-yard line, went all the way left, just just about went out of bounds, then totally reversed field, went backwards into the end zone, and then streaked down the sidelines for 98 yards for a touchdown. And uh, that's one of my fondest memories. And there were so many runs like that growing up. And uh, obviously that changes as everyone gets bigger, faster, stronger, and the defenses get better. But uh, that's something I always remember. But, I mean, youth football was so much fun, and I can't speak enough of what it did for me and and how much I've learned from this game. That's that's some Barry Sanders stuff right there, Mitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, just let, let me ask you a couple things about the team uh, going forward here since the last time we spoke. You know, you lose Amos, lose Callahan, but you bring in bring in Buster. Uh, you know, good draft class looks like with with Montgomery and, and Riley Ridley. What what have some of the new faces looked like for you via you know the new faces via free agencies and rookies here at the OTAs and, and minicamp? Yeah, they've been awesome. They've fit right into our locker room, and they're just hungry guys, ready to work, ready to win, and uh, they they come ready to compete every day. So those guys have done a great job, just uh, getting acclimated to our culture, 
and being a part of this team. And I think that all those guys are going to be huge playmakers for our team and, and filling fill in the spots as we need them. And um, it, well, I'm looking forward to that. They had a great off season, and um, they're they're now a part of this family. And it's just uh, time to work and t- time to compete from now on. And uh, they've done a great job so far. Uh, great to hear. And, and let me ask you one, because I heard Tariq Cohen, he did a, a radio interview on, on Sirius XM, and he was talking about how Coach Nagy doesn't want you guys to forget that feeling you had, unfortunate feeling you had at the end of the Eagles game in the playoffs. And he's been reminding you that a lot with um, play, playing that, that highlight back or low light, whatever you want to call it, and kind of just not letting that, that memory go away. Has that, has that been as prevalent as Tariq made it out to be, that, that reminder about how great the season was, about how unfortunate how it ended? Yeah, we didn't finish, we didn't finish the season the way we wanted to. And uh, we're going to just let that sour taste in our mouth motivate us and, and make us hungry and also keep us humble and know we got a lot of work to, ahead of us to do. So it's just, it's just fuel to the fire. And we've seen that clip a few times and uh, we've seen that game and we've talked about uh, how we don't want it to end like that this year. So we got to come ready to work every day. We got a lot of work ahead of us and uh, it's just fuel to the fire. We, um, it's just going to motivate us even more. And we're a very hungry and focused group. And uh, I, I think that, it's it's just gonna motivate us even more. All right, and and let me just finish up with, with these two quick ones here. Uh, I I spoke with Dick Buckus on, on on the last episode here, and uh, you know he's talking about the 100 and, and and interacting with all the current team, but you know, and he was talking about Nagy and all all the creative uh, creative plays. Obviously, you know Santa's sleigh and, and everything. So I, I don't know how well you know the current team knows. Obviously, you know Buckus is a great player, but Buckus is has a famous play where he caught there was a bad extra point there weren't two point conversions back then there was a bad extra point and uh the the holder had to uh, scramble and throw up basically a prayer in the end zone which butkus caught it was a game-winning extra point it was tied at 15 and the bears won 16 15 because butkus caught that extra point so i think you need to go into that that quarterback room with with coach Nagy, and you need to play this year about butkus i don't know if it's it's mac floyd whoever you want there's got to be some linebacker that's catching a mitch trubisky touchdown pass this year what do you think and we're going to call uh, it the like Buckus. It. There's no idea too crazy in Coach Nagy's room, so I'll throw it out there. We'll, we'll see if it sticks, and we'll, we'll try to make some work. I've been trying to – we threw a uh, flat route to uh, Nick Kwiatkowski last year, um, so we had a, we actually did have a linebacker catch a two-point conversion against That's the Minnesota true. Vikings. That's true. Okay. Um, so uh, I think we're already ahead of you on that, but I, I love the <laughs> idea again getting more guys involved and more trick plays it just makes it more fun so uh we'll, i think we can make it happen for you all right and and one more time hyundai the youth football camps kind of tell everyone about about what's going on and what, what you're doing yeah so hyundai's putting on an amazing camp out here for the kids we're coming out here running drills having a good time and learning the fundamentals and and the safety tips about how to play the game of football running routes playing catch doing footwork and out here having fun. So big thanks to Hyundai back here in Chicago. They put on an awesome camp, and uh, me and these kids are having a blast. So we're just going to keep having fun and learning the game of football, and can't, can't thank Hyundai enough. So I appreciate your time, Bill. Thank you. All right, thanks so much. There he is, Mitch Trubisky. Mitch, uh, best of luck next year. Hope uh, you guys build on 12-4 and four and on to bigger things. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. All right, there he is, Mitch Trubisky. Joining Bears banter, great for Mitch to come on there. Great that he's doing some things there with the Honda Youth Football Camps, giving back to the kids. Kids, you know, look, you know, we sit there as as adults and, and watch football games, and we love football and we enjoy football. But it's 
it's the kids, you know, when, when, where they're just looking and, and their jaw drops open because Mitch Trubisky's standing in front of them. That kind of stuff. Those those are memories that the kids will never forget. So the fact that he's going out there and doing some good things is really, really good to see. And, you know, Mitch is a, a tough cookie to crack. You know, he's pretty buttoned up with the media. You know, it's, it's tough to, you know, he doesn't. he's not loose. He doesn't just let the answers fly. But, you know, he did say some fun things there. I love the fact that he's just like, you know, when I'm asking about how he performed in youth is there a game that stands out in his head that he lo- looks back and goes yeah that was a lot of fun and and i said maybe a game where he scored four or five touchdowns mitch saying oh, i used to score four or five touchdowns all the time that's that cracks me up I, I i love guys that are like the little humble brag there from mitch but you know i wanted to kind of go a different route with this because again i talked to mitch at the super bowl so we already kind of did a lot of the review there of the season and, and going into this next season and if you want to hear that interview with mitch trubisky along with akeem hicks and alan robinson and trey burton spoke with all four of them that's all part of the same podcast you can check them out on itunes in the archive but i wanted to talk to mitch kind of about his background and growing up and football and when he really wanted this to become something and you know, get into some different things with Mitch. And hopefully, you know, there'll be a Dick Butkus homage in some kind of trick play this year. And if that happens, it happened on Bears Banter with that suggestion. I'm sure it won't, but hey, we can all hope. Well, at least I can hope. I don't think you guys give two hoots, and why would you? So nice to have Mitch Trubisky on the podcast. We're going to get some more off-season podcasts in before things really amp up for training camp here in about a month so hoping to talk to some more players if we get them lined up you will hear some more podcasts so and then once we get into training camp and into the regular season these podcasts will be weekly so that's going to do it for bears banter bill zimmerman here hope you guys enjoyed our chat with mitch trubisky and we will talk to you all again soon bear down everybody adios